You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Inside Purple and Gold. We knew this was coming, but um, it's just going to be weird because we talked about it last week when Adam Thielen was let go. Um, Strange. Adam Thielen was let go. Eric Hendricks was let go. Um, Patrick Peterson signed somewhere else. Dalvin Tomlinson signed somewhere else. Um, they waved Cam Danzler just kind of randomly one morning. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, so those, like all of those names I just listed, um, Thielen, Kendricks, Peterson, Tomlinson, Danzler, um, starters last year, like people yeah. that, you know, like have name recognition in the cities, um, probably jerseys bought within the city. Like these guys are no longer on the team. It, it's going to look strange next year. Um, quickly returning players they they re-upped with Bradbury I think they re-upped with Nick Mullins and then um they kept the the specialists together um Ryan Wright punter is under contract Andrew DePaula long snapper will be back and Greg Joseph will also be back let's I want to pause on Joseph real quick because that I yeah, wasn't yeah. certain was going to happen. I, I understand there's like kind of bigger things going on here but DePaula made sense I know he's I think he's 35 but like he wasn't all-star right made the pro bowl and like yeah yeah. um also i mean i know people kind of downplay this but he does like have for like a long snapper it feels like an outsized influence in the room certainly like within the special teams and if you're matt daniel so this is the special teams coordinator he is very much of like the these guys he's like he'll start the season obviously coaching and commanding the room and he is really charismatic and a good coordinator but like he will eventually just turn it over to some of his guys and be like, Hey, you lead the meeting here. You, and he's, it sounds like he leaned on DePaul because probably wisely he's like, people get sick of his voice after a while. Right. It's, you know, you could be the the coolest guy in the world. Like people are like, yeah, it becomes monotonous and stuff. And he kind of talked about that in the middle of the season. I think DePaula has an influence there. And I think he's really important both in terms of like, you don't want the long snapper to mess up his job. Um, It's always, you only notice them when they do. And like, um, you know, in terms of, I think he's a guy he leans on. The Greg Joseph one, I know they liked Wright. It, it, looking back, it's like insane that there was actually like a punter competition. I suppose Wright was young, but like Wright was largely good. I, I'm trying to remember, he like shanked a punt in Indianapolis or something like that. And he maybe had a couple other, that wasn't great, but like he can boom it, right? I mean, he's he's a really gifted punter. Um, and like, he is ginormous for a punter. Yeah, too. Like, yeah. I, I think I think that dude will be around for a while. Greg Joseph, obviously, you think of like the Giants game in the regular season that that kick and and um, at times was clutch. He just seems almost like the prototypical Vikings kicker in that like he's capable of doing a lot. He's also like missed some extra points. They were moving right. around like between the center of the field and the hash. I think we'd see him because sometimes they do interviews in the practice area. We'd see him working after practice and good on him to do this, but like trying to refine his motion and stuff like that. Right. And so like, yeah, I'm a little, I thought maybe they'd go into this season with, um, with a competition. Right. Uh, I don't think they could use a draft pick on kicker. We've talked about how they have to foul a defense. They don't have many picks, yeah. but I thought maybe you bring in, I mean, they do just always bring in guys up the street or like someone kind of gets cut late or whatever. And I got to imagine this is actually Matt Daniels influence in the room. My guess is the coordinator, unless they really dislike the kicker, is always going to say, keep my unit together, right? These guys have to like have everything down pat. 
in terms of like the the snap, the hold, all this stuff. Um, and he might, I mean, the thing is the coordinator will always support their kicker until they cut him. Yeah. But like, he did seem genuine in that. Like, even when I remember like Joseph had a kick where like someone blocked it with their helmet. It wasn't like a long kick, but it's, he doesn't have to like kick it at that trajectory to make the kick. And he just like hit the meat of the ball. And they were like, how the hell? You hit someone in the head, <laughs> you know what I mean? The kick, and he's like, No, 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 he just hit the meat of the ball, he just needs to hit lower, he'll be fine. And I think he made a big field goal in the next game. Um, but that one was interesting to me. It just felt like they're kind of they're committing to a guy, and the continuity does matter, but they, they're committing to a guy who is not really like a young quote unquote prospect. This isn't young Blair Walsh, this isn't Daniel Carlson under different circumstances. This is a guy who like veteran and kind of is who he is at this point. Um and I kind of, you know, I thought about like writing on this that it's like they kind of committed to the Vikings roller coaster. Like, hey, the Vikings kicker position always going to be a mystery. Yeah, and it, it, they did it kind of under the radar, right? It was like a late late night news dump. I think the the yeah, it was like we caught Dancer and signed Joseph. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it came through at like eight thirty at night, and it was like yeah. we're going to re up with Greg Joseph. But, uh, no one knows. No one yeah, knows. his agent didn't his his agent broke the news, right? Yeah, it was on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Pastor yeah. normally does that. Yeah, but he yeah. Got, congrats on yeah. He uh, tweeted congrats to my client Greg Joseph on his new deal, and then the Vikings tweeted it out like an hour later. So yeah. I, I agree with you there. Like it is, it's weird to not have at least a competition. We don't know what the money looks like or the guarantees look like. So maybe there aren't a lot of guarantees hung up in there and maybe there is going to be a competition at, you know, whether it be OTA's training camp. Yeah. To Greg Joseph's credit, he destroyed any, any kicking competition he had in the summer last year. Yeah. Um, but then left something to be desired in the regular season. So I think you're right. They probably did come into the roller coaster. I would not be surprised if Greg Joseph misses an extra point at some point next year. And people are wondering why they just ran it back with the same operation. Um, but it's what they're doing. It seems what like, so yeah, they retained Bradbury Mullins the, as the backup to Paula and Joseph. I said, the names are losing. Um, and here, so they signed, they've signed three names or agreed to, to terms with three guys. Um, I don't know if they've officially signed. I actually don't know. If, I only think Josh Oliver has, but Josh Oliver tight end. That one mm-hmm. created quite the stir on Twitter. Um, so Josh Oliver was the first guy they signed. Marcus Davenport, an edge rusher who has really underperformed at this point in his career, but still young. Um, and Byron Murphy late last night, cornerback. Um, what do those moves do for you, Tom? Yeah, I mean, starting with the Oliver one, I think it just made waves because it happened first. And this just yeah. happens, right? I mean, I don't think I get these teams realize they're public facing and that they have to get fans on their side. Um, I think part of the competitive rebuild, to be honest, is, hey, let's start out with a 13-win season or even if, you know, under different circumstances where they were less likely, like a 10 or 11-win season and then kind of get people on our side and then and then we got to go through kind of this uh, rejuvenation, hard reset or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the Oliver thing, though, like I, they don't have a lot of control, right? Ultimately, they are probably looking at all these moves at once, right? And they're kind of happening as they're able to kind of secure them. I think the biggest thing with this, and we had Rob Searles, one of our writers, before this happened, wrote about how um, O'Connell may move from the McVeigh, specifically, obviously, the Rams here, like wide receiver heavy scheme, um, which made sense given that the talent was at receiver um, uh, and they had Stafford with the Rams to yeah. something that's more too tight end. And I think people hear too tight end and they go, oh, it's Zimmer again. And you're like, well, it's not 
Gary Kubiak where it's, or the Kubiak scheme. Cause I guess Clint ran it too, but like, uh, you know, of like play action and heavy sets and all that. I mean, I, because it's cousins, it's going to be under center and play action, but I don't think they're going that far. This is actually more Andy Reed. And it makes sense given again, like Kelsey is a standard on his own, but like Hawkinson should be in that realm. Right. I mean, if you pay that much money, you trade, you trade that much draft capital for a guy like that, especially taking a risk within the division. Uh, He's got to be Kelsey-esque, right? I'm not saying the same player, but I, he has to have kind of the same influence in the offense. Mm-hmm. So again, you, one of those tight ends is a hybrid, right? It was supposed right. to be Smith. It is TJ Hawkinson, and he's probably your second best receiver unless like Osborne takes a crazy step or you find someone in the draft. And again, like, I don't know if that's going to happen. So Hawkinson's probably your best, second best receiver. Um, the offense is still oriented around Jefferson. Um, I, think, I guess he's Tyreek Hill, right? And then like Oliver just seems like a better month. You know what I mean? Like he can he can catch, he can block. Yeah. Um, I think this is one of those things where football nuts are gonna love him, right? And like because they'll see things that like the average person goes, What do you mean? He was blocking the linebacker on that play or whatever. And I think it's gonna be harder to sell people on it because it's just not as exciting as like seeing three or four receivers out there and slinging the ball over the field. But I think it makes sense when you have cousins under center. I think assuming you have Cook again, like Cook, I think it makes some sense. And I think my guess is that's actually one of our guys wrote this is actually a market inefficiency. This is Quasi being the Wall Street guy, picking up this tight end. And so again, assuming he stays healthy and does what he's supposed to do, I it, it's it's a shift to read. It's just not a shift to Kubiak. And I think that's the most important thing to take here is that it is influencing the offense. It just might not be the way people think it is. Yeah. I, I think it's a good point you make about Oliver, like that he was the first. So he was just always going to be like, like, that's what you're doing. Like, that's the yeah. move that, that you you're deciding to, to, to like these negotiations, they kind of happen simultaneously. And it's just mm-hmm. like this, this one came out. Um, you're right that football nuts are going to love this guy. Um, I think he was the second best rated pass blocking tight end for PFF. Um, so he's someone who will probably not look sexy in the stat sheet, but it might help impact winning. 